0: Hello world and welcome to the Overtone Warp Zone. This podcast is for people who enjoy games, love music, and want to know more about how their favorite songs work. In Season 1, we're taking a look at musical concepts found in pieces from Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. I'm Dan Bergman, and let's get started. The fourth character to join us from the second Fighter's Pass is... Pyra and Mithra! or should I say fourth and fifth character. These two operate in a similar way to the existing character Pokemon Trainer and Smash Bros. Melee's rendition of Zelda and Sheik in that you can switch between the characters by using their down special ability. In Pyra and Mithra's case, many of their moves actually remain the same, only Pyra's moves are more powerful where Mithra's are faster. Let's talk a bit more about the origin of these characters. Pyra and Mithra are from Xenoblade Chronicles 2, which is confusingly the third game in the Xenoblade Chronicles series, released in 2017 for the Switch. Xenoblade Chronicles X, which has no representation in Smash Bros. in terms of music or characters, was released in 2015, the second game in the series. The original Xenoblade Chronicles, featuring the Monado Blade-wielding protagonist Shulk, was released in 2010. But this series actually has a much bigger history that goes all the way back to the late 90s. Xenoblade Chronicles is a part of the Xeno meta-series. The first game, Xeno Gears, came out for the PlayStation in 1998 and was developed by Final Fantasy developer Squaresoft. It was originally pitched as the storyline for Final Fantasy VII, but developed into its own project. Director Tetsuya Takahashi then left Square in order to make his own studio, Monolith Soft. Following this was a trilogy of games called the Xeno Saga series released throughout the 2000s for the PS2. Monolith Soft was acquired by Nintendo in 2007, and the rest is history. Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is set in the world of Allrest, which is composed almost entirely of the Cloud Sea, a layer of clouds under which lies a massive sea. Most people live on top of Titans, creatures large enough to house people and some even entire civilizations. Rex, the main protagonist of the game, who lives alone on his titan Azurda, or Gramps, is a salvager. This means he earns a living by diving to the bottom of the dangerous cloud sea and collecting valuable goods to sell at market. In fact, this is how the game begins, and within minutes you arrive at the Argentum Trade Guild. This mercantile association is built around a network of titans and constructed vessels. And it's this theme that we'll listen to today. Here's Argentum, straight from Xenoblade Chronicles 2, which was composed by the duo known as Ace. About you, but when I listen to that, I get 90s family movie vibes. Like the kind where you're right in the middle of bustling industry, or you're following a kid with the most exciting news in the world running to tell their family. I guess that suits the setting of a trade guild for the game. While Rex is the protagonist of Xenoblade Chronicles 2, he is of course not the character featured in Smash Bros. Instead, it's Pyra and Mithra, who are beings known as Blades. Blades are weaponized life forms that provide their wielders, known as drivers, with a weapon and special abilities. You probably guessed by now that Rex is the driver of these two blades. To make matters more complicated, Pyra and Mithra are in fact two personalities inhabiting the same blade, with distinct powers and… well, maybe I'll leave these more complicated dynamics to you if you're eager to learn more. Now, let's think of some of the ways that the theme for Argentum gives us this feeling of energy and optimism. The tempo is quick, and there's almost always some instrument playing eighth notes with different accented notes in there. This always gives us a sense of excitement. There are plenty of runs moving up and down that indicates progress from one place to another. There's one little section of the song that really gives the sense of the melody and harmony moving us forward. Granted, the whole loop of this song is 3 minutes and 20 seconds, and the section that I'm referring to starts at 2 minutes and 29 seconds in, lasting for less than 10 seconds. But sometimes too much of a good thing is not so good, am I right? Let's have a listen to see what this little section sounds like. It feels as though the whole orchestra rises with each bar of music that passes by. This is a common compositional technique that has been used for centuries, meant to elaborate on simple melodies, and it makes its way to this Nintendo Switch game in the 21st century. Today, we're talking about... SEQUENCE! A musical sequence is the restatement of a motif, or a longer melodic and or harmonic passage at a higher or lower pitch. That's exactly what's happening here. In a sequence, the motif has to be stated at least twice, usually no more than three or four times. It also generally moves in one of two directions up or down in pitch, and it always moves at the same interval distance in each statement. Let's break down this section of Argentum to show you what I mean. This sequence includes three two-bar phrases, or statements of the motif, with a very simple melody and harmony. Each new statement is raised by a whole step. Here's the first phrase. In the first bar of this phrase, the melody hops back and forth between A and E on an A major chord. The second bar is a D major chord with a sustained F sharp in the melody. So, that whole two-bar phrase sounds like this. The new statement is, of course, a whole step higher, and otherwise exactly the same as the original statement. So in this case, the melody hops back and forth between B and F sharp over top of a B major chord. The second bar of this statement is an E major chord with a sustained G sharp in the melody. Sounds exactly the same, just higher, right? Let's listen to both statements of the motif so far. The third statement is another whole step higher. So now our melody hops back and forth between C-sharp and G-sharp over a C-sharp major chord. The second bar of this statement is an F-sharp minor chord with a sustained A in the melody. Now the observant of you will notice this is not an exact shifted duplicate of the last two statements. The other two statements ended on major chords, but this one ended on a minor chord. Why? Because the composition wants to bring a resolution to A major, where we started. F sharp minor is in the key of A major, so our ears are being primed for that resolution back to our familiar chord. Let's listen to the entire sequence. And that's how sequence is used in Argentum. I think it perfectly fits that bustling economy vibe that the tune is trying to evoke from the listener. In this specific instance of sequence, we ascend by a major second every two bars, and the chords are borrowed from another key to make each transition flow into each other. Of course, there are all kinds of different sequences that can be identified by different attributes. For example, instead of this real sequence, which maintains the quality of major chords throughout, with that one exception at the end, we could have had a tonal sequence that only uses notes found in the A major scale, Here's the original, real sequence again. And here's what it would sound like as a tonal sequence. We also could have descended by whole tone instead of ascended. Here's what that would have sounded like in a real sequence. We also could have ascended by a different interval, say a minor third instead of a major second. Here's what that would have sounded like. None of these different sequences are wrong per se, but I don't think they're as fitting as the original from Argentum. An ascending sequence gives us a sense of forward momentum and progress, whereas a descending sequence gives us more of a sense of settling down into something, so we use an ascending sequence in Argentum. A real sequence gives us a greater sense of tension and urgency with the notes from borrowed chords, whereas a tonal sequence would give us more of a sense of rigidity. So a real sequence was used in Argentum. And ascending by a major second instead of by any other interval allows the notes of the melody to flow into each other much easier. There are many other categories of sequences, some of which include rhythmic sequences, which repeat the rhythm only, modified sequence, where the motif is embellished in the repeating statements, false sequence, which is merely a repetition of the first statement, and so on. But perhaps those are topics for another episode. I mentioned earlier that this technique has been around for a few hundred years, allow me to prove that to you. One of the most famous examples of sequence is the chorus to the Christmas carol, Angels We Have Heard on High. This is a tonal sequence that lowers by step every bar, for a total of three statements. The bass line itself descends in a circle of fifths every two beats. The song Do Re Mi from The Sound of Music is a great example of sequence, moving up one step of the major scale for each new statement. drop of golden sun Me, a name I call myself Far, a long, long way to run (laughs) So, a needle pulling thread La, a note to follow so Tea, a drink with jam and bread That will bring us back to dough You can analyze this in a few different ways, but I would look at the lines that begin with DO, RE, MI, and FA as tonal, modified sequences, since the motif is slightly embellished on new statements. Here's DO, the first statement. Here's RE, the second statement, one step of the scale higher with a few embellished notes. Here's Mi, the third statement, another step higher, an exact tonal equivalent of the first statement. And here's Fa, the fourth statement, another step higher, an exact tonal equivalent of the embellished second statement. And then when you listen to So, La, and Ti, you start to realize, hey, this is exactly the same pattern as in our song Argentum. Listen to this. So, a needle-pulling thread. La, a note to follow so. Tea, a drink with jam and bread. And that brings us back to dough. If you want to know more about Sequence, I highly encourage you to listen to David Bennett's YouTube video, Sequence, Turning a Motif into a Melody. He outlines how songs from Beethoven's Fifth Symphony, to Coldplay's Clocks, to Louis Armstrong's What a Wonderful World, to the Game of Thrones theme, to Get Lucky by Daft Punk, and many more use this technique. The link is in the show notes. When you repeat something, it makes it stick in your mind and when you add a bit of variation to it, it keeps it interesting. Sequence is a simple way to do so as a composer, and even though this particular sequence we talked about takes up such a small part of the tune Argentum, it's made its way into my mind as the most memorable part. hope you enjoyed the episode you can stay up to date with the podcast by following me on instagram and twitter at overtone warp zone if you have a suggestion for a song or music topic or other thoughts in the podcast send me a dm or email me at overtone at gmail.com if you're enjoying the show consider subscribing on your podcast platform of choice leaving a five-star review or supporting the show on patreon i can't tell you how much your listenership and encouragement means to me and the show Until next time, keep playing.